Hello, welcome to this edition of Pointcast. I'm your host, Francine Dash, and I have with us today Alexis Morgan, wife, mom, and what else is it that you do for a living? Therapist. You're a therapist as well. So thank you so much for coming out. I know you've been a bit under the, under the weather and, and dealing with all of that going into the fall, um, but I'm glad you were able to make it out, so thank you so much. Uh, so before we get into our discussion today, I want to I want to introduce us to who you are and, and learn a little bit more about your backstory. Sure. I'm originally from Chicago and we moved to the Indianapolis area in the early nineties and did all of my undergrad here in Indiana, Indiana university. Go Hoosiers. <laughs> yes. And then I got my master's degree in social work and I've been doing therapy for a few years now. Wow. 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 And like I said, wife and mom. So you have yes. a busy, busy lifestyle. Uh, so for today's discussion, um, you had mentioned to me before we came on the air that you really wanted to have uh, a discussion about reparations. Yes. Specifically reparations for uh, the descendants of African slaves. Um, tell me a little bit about why this is important to you. I think this is a hot topic at this point in time. Earlier this year, you have the House bill introduced um, there in January, I believe it was, if I'm recalling correctly, um, that that kind of introduces the possibility of what could happen down the road. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's that we live in a very exciting time. What since that time and probably in previous discussions, what have you learned about reparations and what it could possibly mean for the descendants of African slaves? So what it could mean, it represents, of course, America kind of apologizing for their atrocities that have been committed in the past mm -hmm. towards people that um, are a minority. And I feel that that would definitely present new opportunities for descendants of slaves. Mm -hmm. Now, the people, obviously, when we talk about reparations nowadays, it's usually in a courtroom and someone has stolen something from someone else. So they pay reparations to make that person whole, so to speak. But the people who were directly impacted by sla slavery have, of course, long since passed. In some way, do you think we've lost an opportunity to make things right around the issue of slavery? I, I, I guess I would disagree that the effects aren't still present, even though slaves and their direct descendants have passed on. You still have the effects of slavery. Let's talk about the effects of slavery yes. a little bit. Um, when you talk about the effects and uh, what are you specifically alluding to? So for instance, I can give you an example. If I'm talking with someone that is um, a descendant of Europe, European um, people, they have land, they have the wealth, they have had the wealth. And so a lot of times they um, have more opportunities and they have, um, again, land, which there's a lot of money in land mm -hmm. um, with their families having held that wealth. They oftentimes are able to 
um, do more things, offer more things um, to their family or their family members mm-hmm. or even people that um, they, they do charities, that, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you talk with someone who is descendant of, you know, slavery, um, a minority person of color, uh, that isn't something that we traditionally have been able to do because we haven't held the wealth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, among the African diaspora all across the world, African Americans are the wealthiest of of them in the world. And some people would argue that you know, as as far as Africans are concerned, all around the world, uh, America has been good to us in the sense that people have been able to recognize opportunities here that they would not have been able to recognize or realize in other countries. What is your response to that? So in our country, again, we have had things set up traditionally against us, I would argue. But at this day and age, there have been some of us that have been able to recover from the effects of slavery um, with, you know, progressing and getting education and opportunities that are afforded to us through some government programs. But I just think that reparations represents the possibility of, of even more mm-hmm. of going further. Um, so what is your expectation that reparations will do for America today? Because you, you said that you hope that it would go forth and do more. Will it erase the effects of slavery? Is that what your expectation is? No, I don't think it'll, it will erase the effects of slavery, but definitely will, again, getting back to that admission by the government, by America, by the people that are in power, that these wrongs have happened and there is this compensation behind that to offer some kind of um, opportunity to be wholer than we were. Of course, it's not going to fix it totally. It will will never be totally fixed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the the opportunity of having that discussion about reparations is, is even really exciting because it acknowledges that these things happen historically and yes, we're looking at, you know, what are the effects and what would be the compensation. So it, it really is kind of a move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, in my eyes, that's a move forward by, you know, our government, our legislation to acknowledge that. Many people nowadays um, acknowledge, obviously acknowledge slavery, but not only that slavery happened, but the atrocities of slavery and, and that this country profited from the atrocities of slavery. So with the majority of people being in agreement that this has happened, why do you think this that reparations continues to be such a divisive topic? I think that it continues to be a divisive topic and people often get defensive. I've even tried to have this discussion with, um, with anyone of any race and it just makes people feel uncomfortable because, um, first of all, I think that people feel uncomfortable with it because then especially for people that I talk to of European descent, they will talk about, well, I didn't do it. So why should I have to pay for it? But you're not talking about an accusation. Right. And it makes them 
it's been my experience from individuals that I've talked to that it, it just is unsettling for them to mm-hmm. talk about it and mm-hmm. to acknowledge it mm-hmm. even happen. Um, just similar to if you were to talk about white privilege, which is tied into the concept of reparations right. and, and that whole thing, uh, you you just put people kind of in an uncomfortable space and it shouldn't be that you're not uh, when you talk about reparations and making, you know, things whole again for a, a body of people that were affected by this major event it shouldn't make people uncomfortable but it does is it fair to ask people to apologize for something that they didn't do because you mentioned that before to apologize you want an apology from Americans from the government is it is it fair to ask you to apologize for what your great-grandmother did that's an interesting question I would say yes, because technically you are still, for instance, if your great grandmother inherited a lot of money based on uh, something that your your relatives did, then and wrong maybe wrongfully inherited, mm-hmm. then I would definitely expect someone of that family or generation to apologize, mm-hmm. or someone that a representative mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. family or body. Right, right. To to in some way uh, uh, acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Acknowledge. It doesn't even necessarily have to, be, but acknowledge that it happened. So, so, so it doesn't, doesn't always, necessarily doesn't necessarily. So it doesn't always have to be about money. Correct. I I don't think that um, it would be nice if it were money in, in the form of you know forty acres and a mule. But well, um, I don't need say, the mule. The forty acres would be great. Oh yeah. yes. So I mean, if it were land, or it doesn't necessarily have to be money, but just some something that um, we're we're giving back to descendants of of slaves to say, hey, this is yours. You built this up. Um, we're, we're giving you, I don't know, again, what it will look like if it is, you know, approved ultimately, because again, it is just in the introduction stages, which is exciting, but it is still being developed as far as what they're going to compensate with if it does go through and what, kind of what the continuing effects are. What do, what do reparations, and, and I may have asked this a different way, but what do reparations look like to you since if, it, if it's not money, which is when what the first thing that comes to people's minds and when you talk about reparations is this the strict definition of repaying something someone for something in monetary terms. So if it's not money for you, what what does reparations look like for today's African American community? So it could be a, a service, it could be land. It, there are so many different possibilities of what reparations could look like. What would have the greatest impact on the negative effects of slavery in your mind? What sort of reparations? Sure. I feel like land would be it. I, I don't feel like money because um, money is something that kind of fluctuates, of course, with mm-hmm. the inflation rates and, mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But land, land always increases in value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that land piece of it would definitely, because of the nature of what slaves went through, right, right, that would right. definitely be something that would be exciting to even get an acre of land, not you know necessarily forty <laughs> acres, but would it, land would definitely be my preference, land personal would, preference. I know a lot of people talk about money, but land it definitely um you can develop it you Mm -hmm. can sell it Mm -hmm. you can there's so you can build on it you can pass it down from generation to generation and a lot of times uh traditionally that's what our families are missing something 
to pass down that's that's a wealthy factor mm-hmm. that's a, a wealth factor sorry not wealthy but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a wealth factor mm-hmm. so you don't you can't so you spend money but you retain wealth if that makes sense yes yes i understand um well i want to share with you an example since you're from chicago you might appreciate this in in 2015 uh, the city of Chicago agreed to compensate 57 victims, nearly all of them were African-American men, uh, $5.5 million um, for uh, all of the police brutality that took place that included beatings, being shot, suffocated, and psychologically tortured in order to obtain confessions from them. But the city went further. They also agreed to finance a torture justice center to provide counseling to scores of victims of, of the uh, then commander, John Burge, and to other survivors of police brutality. Um, now, the city also went on to build a memorial, a couple, of memo- a couple of memorials. And one of the things that the victims wanted was to make sure that the history of what had happened to them was included in the curriculum for students in Chicago, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so the, the amount of money was very, very small for that amount of people. When, when we talk about what reparations look like for you, what do you think African-Americans want reparations to look like based on this example? I definitely think that having it more present in our curriculum would be great mm-hmm. um, as far as slavery and the effects of slavery and how it's affected our current generations of descendants of mm-hmm. you know people of color. And definitely for me, I know at least in school, you didn't learn about African-American history. You had to research it for yourself and mm-hmm. or wait until you got to college to study it. Right, so right. definitely that would be a start as far as education. That's a really good example. That's interesting <laughs> that they did that. And something to show it, it could be a monument. Right. Um, again, that kind of goes back to the land, dedicating some land to, you know, um, something like a museum or a lot of additional resources to learn about things that happen instead of always having to kind of dig for that history. Well, the two things that really struck me about that situation were, um, was that the, the educational component, the, the, first of all, the long-term effects of what happened to those people over the 20 years. Um, and, and this is, uh, per- primarily people on the South side of Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, who were targeted. Uh, but talking about the long-term effects, so these people and their families uh, dealing with PTSD and getting the support that they needed long-term so that they can not only be healed, but their families can be healed. And I'm wondering what that might look like for, uh, you know, slavery did a lot of things to a lot of different African-American families. On one part of my family, um, they have a pretty good handle on their history and even their language. On another side of my family, they don't because uh, the, a lot of their uh, a lot of the lineage there came about through breeding in uh, breeding houses. So a lot of them didn't really even have names. They were subjected to brands and numbers and then sold off, uh, literally like cattle. Okay, so um, and that and and both extremes have had huge negative impacts on what family means to us so 
there has been a real challenge to define ourselves as a family because we weren't allowed to marry. Uh, we were uh, separated from our parents and from siblings. We were forced to mate with relatives in order for breeding purposes. Um, and uh, some of us um, were even taken and, and, and raped and, and children came out of, out of those situations. So there's a lot more to the story and a lot to have overcome as the descendants of, of, of those people who suffered those atrocities. And um, I know that they formed this commission in, in January. Um, do you think that they get the, the weight of, of what this means to the modern uh, African-American family or families who love African-Americans today, they, they have children, you know, we have a lot of ethnically mixed families and, and they are now also dealing with, with some of those effects, right? So do you think that elected officials in our current environment get the weight of this on all of America? I don't think that our current administration gets the um, weight of this bill that is being debated right now. Um, I just don't think they have the capacity to understand what this bill means, mm -hmm. nor have I really seen a lot of excitement from our community either. <laughs> what about... is that? Why do you think know. that? Because most, let me, let me just say this. Most of the African-Americans that I've talked to either on this show or off, do not want to talk about reparations or think that reparations would be a bad thing for our community. And let me just preface it by saying in those discussions, reparations were strictly discussed around money, not about some of the other things you've talked about. So why is it a hard sell even in the African-American community? I think because of the fact of, again, that goes back to the effects of slavery, we oftentimes have a hard time with getting together to say, hey, this is what we need to do or this is what we want. That kind of goes back to that psychological um, state of being of you have this blockage of, hey, I don't deserve this because that's kind of been bred in through generation to generation that you know, the, the important thing is money. Mm -hmm. When that's not the case, if you kind of read and study, the important thing is wealth and what people pass down to their, their families. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people mm -hmm. want just that quick, fast, I want right, the money right. mm -hmm. and they don't want to, you know, do the longer term things like get the education about what actually happened and research their family, you know, family tree and research back and see what happened. And how is that affecting us now? And mm -hmm. how do we get to a better mental health state of being with the fact of the So that's of all slavery. The, the responsibility. What other factors would be the responsibility of the African-American community? I think, again, with this committee, uh, once they get to the stage, I know one of the stages is kind of researching what the actual effects are. It mm -hmm. definitely will be important for the government to either present a grant, um, they have block grants oftentimes that they give to the state to for different purposes. Right. I think one of those purposes um, would have to be once it goes, th I'm hoping it goes through, um, one of the things would have to definitely be a mental health study as far as calling in descendants of black people to see what the effects are. And I think that it's important for people to hear those stories about families 
that were were bred and bred and had babies taken and killed because they were mixed race because maybe the you know mother was raped by the you know home the they were a house slave and maybe they were raped and mm-hmm. the mother, mm-hmm. the wife didn't want mm-hmm. the you know the mixed race child and mm-hmm. the child was killed there's right, just so right. many different atrocities that occurred mm-hmm. that they would have to study what what kind of is still present in our families and i think that was imp- one of the things that you pointed out was the fact that our families we fight so much within our own selves because of things that have happened without having that knowledge because it's not taught in schools. Mm-hmm. It's something you have it's, to actually research. Right. It's something. And, and it seems like the greatest wealth one could pass down is this sense of family and the structure mm-hmm. and the health of it all. Um, and with you being in therapy, uh, you probably have firsthand knowledge of dealing with different situations and, and different family dynamics. Uh, one thing that did come up um, when, in one of the discussions I had previously is that um, people think that black-on-black crime is linked to uh, the effects of slavery. Um, I believe so. They, yeah. they bred us to fight back back then. There were certain slaves that, for for whites' entertainment, they would breed them specifically to fight each other, which has kind of been represented badly in some movies, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, definitely that was a thing. So definitely any, really any issue surrounding the black community, you can trace back to reparations and, you know, the need for reparations to kind of make it whole. And Mm -hmm. what does that whole look like? We don't know, Mm -hmm. but definitely some research needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the mental health side as well as from the black community coming together and saying, hey, this is what we want. Mm-hmm. Now, is it just about waiting on this commission to uh, put out its report or is it uh, about um, people from the African-American community stating what they want this commission to discover or what they want this commission to to do? I think it's both. I think it would be a combination of writing in to uh, the representative from Texas that is, you know, working on the bill that is the point person. So Mm -hmm. does that write your congressman? You know, that kind of goes back to that grassroots, write your congressman, uh, which we hear all the time. But do people actually, you know, take the time to sit down and write their congressman? Usually not. (laughs) Uh, So definitely will be important going forward as a community to definitely let you know congress know uh that what what we want so what does it look like how have you been affected you know that says a lot that definitely helps out with these bills people writing into their congressmen right what do you want your own family to take away from the discussion of reparations when you look at your own children and um you you think about how you want them to grow. You think about the relationships you want to have with your husband and your children and maybe someday grandchildren. What 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 do you want them to take away from their understanding or your understanding of reparations? Sure. I definitely want them to understand what reparations uh, may mean. It, it may happen in our, our lifetime. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Um, I definitely want them to know historically what slavery was, what what happened, how it's still affecting us now. If they're needing, I know for me, I after I had a lesson in college on kind of what what happened, I needed some counseling myself to talk to someone. <laughs> 
because it's just disturbing. Like, is that where you first learned? First learned was what, in college. How are you in, in your own family? Was this ever discussed? Not at all. You would hear things that um, were similar to what you heard basic things in high school, I guess, about mm-hmm, slavery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you didn't kind of get into the depth of it until college you kind of had a one chapter about this is these were the slaves and slaves were freed and everything was good uh, which is not the case obviously well, in our uh history book the, the slaves were smiling they were getting oh, off yeah. the boat like they were getting off of a cruise <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so i mean just that it's depicted that we're you know uh, even going back to these textbooks companies and hopefully rewriting <laughs> you know these books of what happened like accurately portraying but can we handle uh teaching our kids about the true story the atrocities of slavery and just the snippet that i shared about my family is there do you think that i mean we talk about the holocaust right Mm -hmm. we talk about a lot of other historical atrocities um why is slavery such a hard one to talk about do you think I think because it affected so many people um, and it's really hard for people to because the they are still here and haven't gotten any apology, haven't gotten any kind of acknowledgement that, hey, this was wrong from the powers that be, that it is so hard for people to talk about because it keeps dredging back up, whereas the Holocaust those people were compensated. And so they, they, hey, we got, we were compensated. They kind of moved on from that topic. You may see a story here and there about it, yeah, right. but it's, there has been some resolution to it. There's never been a resolution to the atrocities that happened to black people. Mm-hmm. And if there were some sort of offering of reparations to the African-American community, um, what then becomes our responsibility as a community to to move forward? How how do you expect that we would move forward if reparations are similar to what I expressed from Chicago and how they handled it or how they continue to handle it, I should say, because that was just in 2015. Um, what then, how do we receive, how do you receive reparations? I mean, then, then what? You know, what's next? Do you wake up happy or... Is it all done? Oh, how, what do you expect to feel or to believe or how do you expect to move forward? I think at least you could definitely have some resolution um, to it. You're not, I don't feel like even if, you know, tomorrow we got reparations and there was some apology issued, we still as a community have a lot of work to do. Does that mean um, we support our communities more? Do we buy black? Do we what we need to figure out as a community, how we're going to heal. Mm -hmm. So does that mean making a black wall street again? Or does that mean that we're going to, you know, have mental health centers that are strictly dedicated to the issue of black families? Because Mm -hmm. that is um, my experience with being a therapist over the last few years, black families face some unique challenges. I've even seen them excluded from therapy because of their socioeconomic issues. Really? Oh, for sure. So definitely our issues sometimes are unique and it takes another black person to understand um, versus I've seen people say, 
that white counselor doesn't understand me, but I want, you know, someone who's black and I've had to take over because they can relate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that comfortability factor with talking to each other mm-hmm. because we can understand each other and from there trying to figure out how to heal again, mm-hmm. that a lot of times means putting people in a better socioeconomic status mm-hmm. so they can afford the basics, you know, a car, to get to work and they can afford their gas. The, these very basic life things that people need mm-hmm. sometimes is a struggle because generation generationally, excuse me, they've not had these things. So, and you can, again, trace that back. Right. So people that haven't had, it's hard for them to rise above mm-hmm. and have these complex discussions about how do we help out each other as a community? Right. right. As a therapist, you can appreciate and understand the, cultural language that um, needs to be spoken to address this issue with with respect. Um, Do you think that this is something that we can accomplish with this commission, um, with them looking at reparations um, and what it means to current African-Americans? I think it's, again, I'm hopeful. I definitely, you know, writing my congressman to let him know my thoughts and <laughs> so, opinions. I don't know that it goes anywhere, but definitely sitting down. Oh, it and- does. It does. People really do consider that more than, than you realize. So your, your thing is you want to encourage people to connect with their congresspersons. Right. And I want to make sure that that's something that, um, that comes across from our discussion today, that you as a voter want to make sure that other voters who are concerned about this issue do the same thing. Uh, last question. If we continue to deny reparations, to the African-American community. Uh, What do you expect the long-term effects to be? I think a continuation of kind of what we've seen, the breakdown of of the black family. Mm -hmm. Uh, While, you know, we're in a great time for people to kind of express who they are, date who they want to date, uh, people who choose to kind of have this, have a black family unit Mm -hmm. it definitely makes it harder because generationally you don't have the support Mm -hmm. um, because people are so damaged from these generational things that have happened that you can trace back to slavery Um, even the way that we discipline our children yes Mm -hmm. yes we're whipping our children Um, whereas I tried to talk to people about other methods of you know discipline of course in my field but it just certain things are definitely ingrained um, that you can trace back. So, so it's the unteaching of the yes. uh, effects of sleep. Wow, that's a, yes. that's a lot to undertake. It is, and I mean, again, it uh, we we probably won't see the the complete healing in our generation or mm-hmm. even our our children's or grandchildren's generation. Mm-hmm. But um, if if we're not granted reparations, I feel like that wound just gets deeper each year that it goes without being acknowledged. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing your views on reparations and what it means to you as a voter, as a woman, as a mom, as a a professional therapist. Are there any um, um, thoughts that you have on the upcoming election and and this topic? Do you, do you, see any of the folks on the horizon that you would feel comfortable voting for that would support your ideas about reparations? There's certain candidates that I would lean towards more than others based on their views of 
health care and gun control and those hot topics. So you can kind of, there's not one candidate that sticks out more at this point than another. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a strict party voter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I really kind of look at each individual candidate to see what they're bringing to the table and what their views are um, in terms of issues that might be important to just any family, regardless of what their, you know, ethnicity is. So definitely looking at people that have an open mind to things and definitely looking at people that um, would support this bill um, Mm -hmm. to to vote them in. So um, right now, again, no one sticks out more than another person. Uh, but definitely looking to research more on. Well, you didn't mention our current president. Do you do you feel that there is a discussion to be had with our current president if um, he supports reparations or the vision of reparations that you see? Would you vote for him? No, ba- just based on his closed-mindedness of a lot of different topics mm-hmm. and trying to undo so many things that make sense in terms of policy, mm-hmm. social policy and, and things of that nature. It just, it seems as though he would be ignorant to the need for reparations. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like he would ever support reparations. Okay. Okay. Well, we will leave it there. Again, I appreciate you for coming in and sharing your voice and being so authentic. That's what we love here at Pointcast. I want to encourage all of those who are listening to our show to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website at pointcast.news and our social media uh, pages on Facebook and on Twitter. If you want to be a guest on our show, please feel free to reach out to us on any of our social media or our website platform. Thank you again for joining us, Alexis. I really appreciate You're having welcome. you. Thanks for having and me. And thank you to all of our listeners, Gail. We are out.